For the first time since you and I were in elementary school, we have really solid reasons to fear nuclear war. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's been right. a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not not close to nuclear war, you know? I mean, I don't think right. we're, like, that close to nuclear war, but we're not far from nuclear. We're not far enough from nuclear war. <laughs> Right. I don't think we're much further than we were in our childhood. Right. When also we really weren't that close to nuclear war. I guess like somebody who That's could start I mean, a new right. somebody who could start a nuclear war was like, I'm thinking about starting a nuclear war, which is never a great <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is too close to nuclear war. Right, right, right. Right. It's been decades since someone with nuclear weapons thought Maybe I should start a nuclear war. Right, like I might use them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Or I guess you could think of it as Kim Jong-un might think that on a daily basis. We don't know. That's true. But he like hasn't, like North Korea hasn't, has rarely had the capability of like really starting a nuclear war. And I think even North Korea now, like they could definitely fuck some shit up. But I don't know that they could like, <laughs> like I don't think they have a Didn't nuke that could hit us. Off- I think they fired off a missile or something the other day. They did. I know. And everybody was like, can you kiss, read the room, North Korea? (laughs) (laughs) Not now. But I think think North Korea was reading the room. I think their read was like, hey, we're still here. Right. If there's missiles to be shot off, like, we're going to do it. It's like... It's like you're doing fireworks and a neighbor comes running in with his fireworks that are like illegal. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, we just have sparklers. He's like, no, we got. (laughs) Yeah. And yet at the same time, North Korea didn't just march into South Korea last week. That's true. Like Russia did it. They're doing it. What are they they doing? What are they doing? I don't really stop doing it. Right, whatever it is you're (laughs) doing, which I I don't understand even a little bit. You know, I've read like numerous explainers for what is happening, and I still like don't really get it. You know, I mean, I sort of get it, right? Like Ukraine is right on their border, has a history, and they used to have like a pro-Russia president, and then now they have more of a Western president, and they're getting too cozy with the West and Putin doesn't like it. But that's still not like enough. <laughs> right? To just, just like march in. I don't know. And and just shoot rockets into cities. Yeah. Yeah. You're just you can't do that. Right. I just like it seems crazy just strategically like the Ukraine. I mean I I admit I don't know enough about Ukrainian capabilities, but that's a pretty big country, right? Like they got to have a decent military there. Like, what's the assumption that this would be like a cakewalk that you would just like, what, light some stuff up and then they would fold quickly? Like, that doesn't seem right. This is an existential threat for them. I know, right? Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what the misread really was. Do you think... Do you think it was more that he underestimated the Ukraine or do you think that he underestimated how unified the West would be in its response? 
probably both, I guess. I mean, I really have no idea. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, and I, like, I don't know what anyone should be doing or what. Like, but I mean, like, we went into Iraq, right? And it took us a decade to get out of there or longer. Like, why right. would anybody think that you could topple the Ukraine in like a weekend and then, you know, have it not cause a problem, you know? Like, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. And I guess. <laughs> And have nobody react like everybody would just be like, oh, well, tough break for Ukraine. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Tough break for the Ukraine. (laughs) Although I guess that does happen all the time, right? Like, yeah, Syria, like they whatever. It's just like, oh, well, no, but these are like almost white people. So we should do something. Right, or like this is a group we could work with, you know. Right, right. I literally saw there was some clip I saw somebody post that was like a woman on the news being saying, like, and listen, this isn't like your usual refugees. Like these are, you know, let's fa- face it, like these are Christians. They're white. They're it was like what what are you? What let's is that supposed- <laughs> This is different. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like what are we something? Facing? What are you saying? It was unbelievable. <laughs> like something should really be done. <laughs> right. It's also funny too because there's definitely people out there who are like, "Oh, you know, when it's Muslims, then we are supposed to welcome them in, but when it's Christians, you know, it's not as urgent to welcome them in." It's just like, "No, we're fine with welcoming everyone in. You're the ones who don't want to welcome in." The Muslims, right, right. If, I mean, it seems like that's to be your like hang-up. No one is being opposite. more welcoming to the Muslims than the Christians. It's you're a lot less welcoming to the Muslims right. than the Christians. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, many of know. us are equally welcoming to both because their religion really has nothing to do with the hellscape that their country became because, like, of a few lunatics. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Imagine I'm consuming Trump is president I'll... right now. No. <laughs> no, can't. Well, I mean, the Western response definitely wouldn't have been unified. He would be honest, like he would just be like, "Why do I? Why are we automatically siding with Ukraine?" You know, he would be doing that. Right. Right. But he's been all over the map, right? I mean, at first he was like, "This is genius," and then now he's like, "This is terrible." But because he doesn't know. <laughs> well, no, of course not. I think that his instinct, of course, he doesn't know. He doesn't know anything. He thought, did you see that clip? Oh, I guess you've been off Twitter. I have been, I, which has been weird to follow. Like, I've not been living and dying this story because of it, oh, I man. must say. Yeah. yeah. So Trump called into Laura Ingraham's show. And, um, and so Laura Ingraham was informing him of an and of the Russians making an amphibious attack within the Ukraine. And Trump understood it as the US was coming in to the Ukraine to battle Russians amphibiously. <laughs> and so so Trump was like Trump was like, "Well, you see how, why are you telling me this on the air? This should be if I was in charge, this would be done in secret. We would never be announcing on the news that i sent in an attack 
Florida. I was like, no, 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 these are Russians. It's not if this was the U. If I was announcing, you know the the level of the news break this would be. If right, I was right. You the U.S. was there launching an amphibious attack on the yeah yeah. But so many it's people no are so clue. over their skis on this stuff. Like the, you know, I'm seeing like liberal, it's like so called liberals on like Instagram calling for a no fly zone. It's like you know, <laughs> guys, like. A no-fly zone isn't like you just say it and they stop flying. A no-fly zone <laughs> is when they show up, you shoot them down. That's that's right. a declaration of war against Russia. Like, which, hey, maybe. I, I don't know. But, like, that's a right. pretty big deal. Like, fighting a war against that's Russia true. is a very serious decision. That Like, no-fly zone isn't like, well, now they're not allowed to fly there. So, it's like, no, that means <laughs> if they show up, you're done. You, you shoot missiles at them. <laughs> no, and I mean that's absolutely true. It and that's been all over Twitter also. But you know, in fairness, Trump was very recently the commander in chief of the United States Armed Forces. So I felt like, you know, he probably should have been quicker to pick up on that. No, for sure. Yeah, right. Like what <laughs> like yeah, Matthew right. with Davis or whatever. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. It's, it's so ridiculous. I just think you're right. He doesn't know anything that's going on. But I, I think he kind of said what he said. And look, this is the nice thing about him not being president anymore is he kind of just like threw in with Russia. Nobody in, nobody who is actually making decisions right now gave a shit. So then the West had a completely unified response backing the Ukraine. And then Trump really would have just looked like completely delusional, just the way the press coverage was going, the international response, like the whole media narrative, which he's obviously very sensitive to the all the way that that was going. If he continued to back Russia, it would like even for him, it would have been so nonsensical. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I honestly, I have no idea. I just find it absurd how many people think they have any clue. And I think the underrated position is no war at all costs and like that should be everybody's guiding principle and like it's almost like that countries fight wars against each other is the most preposterous thing that exists in human life you know like and we all accept it as just a fact of life and the more that technology makes weaponry like has gotten so out of control it just gets more and more insane and like People who would just fling around, we should do this, we should do this. Like, we should do whatever we think will <laughs> reduce the chance of a full-out war with Russia. Like, whatever <laughs> that is, we should do that. I don't know what it is, but, like, everybody get a hold of yourselves, you know? Like, you want to avoid these things at all freaking costs. I actually, I saw a clip of David Petraeus talking, and he... What he was saying was interesting. I don't think he's the only one saying it. It's sort of the first one I heard say it about how part of the strategy right now is to give Putin an off ramp where he can kind of save face. Right. And, get, and like and back down. Yeah. Because we need him how to does back he do down. it? Yeah. Right. Because he can't he can't just accept defeat. It, it crushes his whole persona. And then his leadership is in question. He can't do that. And he's not just going to surrender. So, like, that's why the nuclear weapons are so scary. If he's just like, well, I have nothing to lose. And if I mean, if I'm going to go, I really don't care who goes like. 
So he needs an off ramp, this guy. Right, but what is it? What did he suggest? No, he had no suggestions. Right. Well, it sounds great, but it's very true. Like he can't lose now. But what does he do? I know. How does he say, yeah. okay, this was bad and I'm gonna stop doing it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's either that or just hope that one of the other oligarchs kills him. Jesus. I'm turning my camera off for a second. Sorry, because uh, my internet, I think I'm, I'm unconfident in it. But, uh... <laughs> okay. well, you know, we're still we're still on. We're still on the air. Yeah. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. No, I'm still here. I just I just was turning my camera off. Yeah. Well, now you have the upper hand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Putin. Much like Zelensky. I have not watched a lot of Zelensky. I assume you haven't either because you're not on Twitter. I haven't either. I know he's drawing rave reviews. He put on a flak jacket and we're all very impressed. No, I, which I, I, he sounds like he's doing remarkably well and he's a very brave man and he should get a lot of credit. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've avoided clips of him intentionally because I still feel like I've, I mean, actually, this is, I probably shouldn't say it, what I'm actually thinking, but I, I just, I see him as somebody who I think is being incredibly heroic. And I still, I feel like this story very likely ends with him dying. <laughs> well, and so I don't want to like get, I don't want to get too attached to this guy because. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been so impressed with him. I admire him so much to be truthful. And, and I just still feel like, God, this guy, he's got like a couple weeks left and I just won't be able to bear it. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know if he's going to actually charge out there on the front lines, but yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what's about to happen. I, I, don't, I don't know what to think about it. Like how scared I should be. Um, Like it doesn't feel like it should really spill out into the the great conflagration that people seem to fear that it will but like neither should world war one and it did so I, I don't know like i don't know people are very dumb and they do really crazy things and i hope i hope it's okay <laughs> i really have no idea i don't know right what which which, speak which, which world about war it. did the archduke ferdinand start that was the first one yes yeah I mean, what? I mean, he didn't earth? start it. He got shot. <laughs> right. Well, right. His murder. <laughs> I mean, he did start it, sort of. Right. right. <laughs> but right, like that, that, that drew at in that that time started a war, the scale of which the United States got involved from across an ocean in the early 1900s. Yeah, and when it, it right when it happened, nobody thought that it was going to lead to that. Like it was just a, then a cascading series of follies that then became yeah. this just insanity. So right, and I mean, a cascading series of follies is a great way to describe just like at least the last two years of Earth. Yeah, you know, I'm obviously not a diplomat by training, and I know nothing <laughs> about foreign policy. <laughs> But it does seem like there's no option to like give people something in diplomacy anymore. Like you just like all we did was threaten Russia, right? It was like they threatened sanctions. They then put sanctions on. Like, is there any space to be like, what do you want to not do this? You know, like, what do you need? Like, what do you think they want? Though I think this is what they want. 
you know, no, like, I, but think, I, I think he doesn't want like a NATO ally on his border. Right. Like was, right. I'm just saying, like, is there something that could be given that would make you not have done this? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, what do I know? But I'm just saying, it seems like we never approach any problem with a, there's only the stick these days. There's no carrots. Well, that's, you know, that's because voters don't want you giving out carrots. Voters right. want you to stick. Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it just feels like, again, to me, like wars should be avoided at all costs. And maybe, I don't know. A I'm million sure I'm, percent. I'm laughably ignorant on what I'm talking about. But it just feels like there's no, no space for countries to be like, what do you need? What can we do <laughs> to make you not do this? And you're 100% right, by the way. And it is. It's just, I mean, our lives are not that great. And yet life is so much better than it's ever been. Matter of fact, um, we were talking about the 1800s at work today. Uh, and I asked a coworker of mine, do you think you would have survived the 1800s? And he wasn't sure. Right. I feel like for sure I wouldn't have because I got appendicitis when I was five. Right. You'd be dead. So I'd have probably been done right then. Yeah, I've been watching this show, The Nick. Have you ever watched that show? I know, but I I can't. I've I know what it's about, and I will not. I cannot. Oh watch my it. god! Yeah, I mean, it's about like New York in the whatever turn of the century, and like a hospital, and just like these surgeries are just craziness. You know, like yeah, they're performing. Sur- I mean, surgeries was just all they were just trying stuff and seeing if it worked, and they'd be trying it, and they'd be have people watching, and they'd be saying what they're gonna try, and like hoping it works, and then the guy dies, and they're like, well back to the drawing board you know but it was like the guy was a goner anyway like right and just surgery looked just so miserable like you know they didn't have any it was just like bite on this and take a shot of this and then we're gonna cut you open it's just craziness right no way so you know that was the quality of life then now i had surgery two years ago and i gotta tell you it was borderline pleasurable the anesthesia it's like time travel (laughs) (laughs) we don't need a war anymore like right right plenty to live for and survive right we need to make the full adjustment to like life is now worth living there was millions thousands and thousands of years where it almost wasn't now it is (laughs) right Now it is. So everybody chill out. Right, right. It's precious now. I get it. It used to be meaningless and it was, you know, <laughs> he lived and died in suffering. Now we have <laughs> fine wines and amateur cocktails and, you know, there's yeah. lots to live for. <laughs> right. Plenty. Plenty. <laughs> well, so speaking of things to live for, that makes me think of the Knicks. Right. Sort of. Right. No, absolutely not. The opposite. But things that I, I, you know, I need to keep living so that maybe someday I could see a title, but probably won't. Uh, where are you at with the Knicks? Just let's start there. Where are you at with them right now? You know, it's funny. I'm st- I've started a new job. I'm working for a DirecTV stream, and I'm working specifically on sports, the sports experience within that thing. And for oh, people wow. who don't know, it's like, you know, it's like cable over the internet. Um, and I was suggested the idea today because we were talking about, um, you know, other like notifications we can have, like you can follow a team and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, 
I was suggesting that when people go to watch a Knicks game, we should maybe have a feature that recommends other content to you. <laughs> <laughs> so like think of like a, a modal that says like, are you sure you wouldn't rather watch literally anything else? <laughs> and then there's a carousel of movies or something or like old Seinfeld reruns. Secretary. Yeah. <laughs> Jeopardy is on. Like, are you sure? You know, anyway. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Knicks. But it's not super fun to turn on their... You know what? This week was bummer. Uh, such a bummer, too. Because they left the All-Star break. And it was such a reminder of, like, what people thought they were going to be this year. Because our first games out of the All-Star break were, like, Miami on national TV, Philly on national right. TV. Like, we were supposed to be, like, exiting the All-Star break. Here's the start of the second half. Knicks are in the mix. Right. They're in the, they're, they're in it. We're staring at maybe the most interesting Eastern Conference playoffs in decades, right? I mean, yeah. Those top 4 right. teams. Miami, Philly. Miami, Philly, like imagine that as an Eastern Conference final. Like what a war. Oh my god. I know. The Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Embiid, Butler and Harden. Yeah, and then think even the first couple rounds with like the Celtics are hot, you know, like, I mean, Philly Brooklyn would be wild. Ben right. Simmons has to go back to Philly. <laughs> right, right, right. Harden playing against those guys. If Durant's back, yeah. like, who the hell knows? I know. And we're not and a part just, of it. We're not even close. Yeah, we're not a part of it. But here's the thing, right? And And I guess, like, so even TV executives – figured we would be good still at this point in the year. Like preseason. Yeah, right. Because I was thinking today about how, you know, we made all these moves in the offseason because right now everybody wants to blame somebody. And we made all these moves in the offseason and all of us loved it because it was not just you, me, and Matt, but all of Nick's Twitter loved the whole thing. And, you know... On Bing Bong Night, nobody was like, be cautiously optimistic, Knicks fans. We were all, everybody was all in. And TV execs thought we would still be in games worth nationally televising at this stage of the year. So, you know, I get the desire to criticize the front office, and I do have some things to say about them. But, you know, the process was fine, I think, and the results have just sucked. And but you want the process to be good. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I loved every move. I, I and I feel like they were they were not going to do like they were good last year by surprise. Like I think their whole thing was we're going to take our time, develop this yeah. slowly, and then they got good quick. So then they figured let's make a couple minor upgrades and see if we can be a little bit better. And now right. you got to like adjust. I don't think it means that they have to like radically rethink things like. For instance, you know, a lot of people are saying now it's like, okay, we got to just go young and fire Tibbs and, you know, start and just build through the draft. Like, let's let it play out. Like, let's say the Knicks miss the playoffs and they get they get lucky in the lottery and they get the third pick. And maybe it's a point guard. I don't know who's available, you know, so I'll be honest. But right. let's say it's a point guard who's a great player. Wouldn't you like to add him to their current like their their team right. is still good enough 
that like one p- piece of good fortune could dramatically turn this franchise around right now. Like That's they very have true. enough pieces that the right new player could make a huge difference. So like, I don't feel like it's like, all right, let's lose a hundred games, you know, and like do everything we can to like, you know, just tear this whole thing down. Right. No, that's so true. And I, here's the thing. I guess if you're saying that, um, you know, if everybody loved the moves, all of Twitter loved the moves and, you know, the TV, all that, right? And we're, we suck. Then I guess maybe it is fair to blame Tibbs. Like, I could see making that case, even though I don't think that. But... I, you know, I, I, whatever you want to say about Tibbs, you know what else I'm sick of hearing is the Tibbs and young players. Like, Tibbs can't coexist with young players. Derrick Rose was incredibly young when he won an MVP under Tibbs. Like, Jimmy Butler was very good as a very young player for Tibbs. You know, uh, what's his name? Grimes is in the rotation solidly as a rookie. Quickly was in the rotation last year as a rookie. This whole idea that Tibbs and young P and young players don't mesh is just, I don't even know. It's some weird, I don't even know where it comes from. It's some fantasy. Right. And also just the idea that a head coach in the middle of a season is supposed to like give up when you're like, but you know, look, are the Knicks going to make the playoffs? No, but they look up at the standings. They're like three games out. It's not an impossibility. He's the head coach of the team that he's going to go, you know what? Let's face it. We're not going to do it. So, like, are you supposed to march into the locker room? Look, guys, I know it's only halfway through the season, but let's all be honest with ourselves. We're not making the playoffs. <laughs> we're going nowhere. So, tonight, we're starting Deuce, uh, you know, RJ, Cam, Obi, and Jericho Sims, because I just want to get a look at it. All right, let's get out there and <laughs> and then we're going to – all right, let's go get him tonight. You know, like – and also, he started – even sort of doing that right i mean like jericho sims right. played a bunch the last couple of nights like i i just like he's trying to win the games <laughs> and i'm really sure that's going to be great for deuce's confidence to get his first start with that under those circumstances right he's he's gonna play deuce when he feels like he's gonna he's gonna help him win or you know like I, I just don't who is this where is this team that like development like you know what I mean they had to suck and then they developed like I, I just like I don't understand where playing guys who aren't good so, <laughs> somehow you know what I mean developed. is a transformation into well now they are good I, I don't know I guess maybe Cleveland has been developing play, but they had good. I don't, I don't know. Like RJ's developing, he's improving, right? You know, Mitchell's de- developing. He's been playing really well lately. Like he's just playing the best players. I, I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> Me either. And I really just yeah, Nick's Twitter. First of all, so much more influential, actually capable of getting a coach fired. Giants beat. Take note, but. Also, right, everybody knows exactly, like, it's a travesty. It's not even just like, oh, here's what I think. It's a travesty we're not playing Deuce, who would not do make any difference. And who, like, I want to see. I want to see. I, I'm, I'm, I get it. 
But like, it's not like Deuce hasn't seen the floor. Like he's played a little bit. He's had some impressive stints and he's had some times where like things went terrible when he was in there. So right. like, that's what the coach is responding to. I'm sure we'll see him some more before this season's over. Like everybody wants to see Cam Reddish. Well, we're seeing a decent <laughs> amount of him now. Like, and what a, he's whatever. <laughs> like, I guess, <laughs> you know, I mean, John, you know, Macri, who the, the, whatever, the Knicks film school is fantastic. And I love, but he had another like, full like newsletter devoted to cam reddish shut up about cam reddish he stinks (laughs) who cares my god he's not we Uh, didn't you know it's not like he's the mellow trade and you're sitting him on the bench he's like we gave away okay a late first round pick to take a flyer on a guy like we have him next year he is all off season he'll have a training camp if he's good we're gonna find out what is the big deal (laughs) (laughs) shut up about cam reddish right sometimes people just have to accept that sometimes there's just not a solution to the problem right and in fact not only are they not the solution they are the problem that obi toppin (laughs) and cam reddish are not better players is the problem with the knicks that is what is wrong with the knicks (laughs) that they don't have any that Deuce McBride can't beat out Alec Burks is the problem with the Knicks. It's not the other way around. Alec Burks isn't the problem. The problem is we don't have anybody better than Alec Burks. <laughs> Tibbs, like again, I said it all year last year about Alfred Payton, but Tibbs isn't like you. You think Alec Burks isn't working out at point guard? I had no idea. <laughs> See, I, I think I wish we had a better point guard than Alec Burks I could play. Yes. <laughs> I'm aware. And last year, everybody was so positive that the number one way to solve our problems was to get rid of Alfred Payton. And right. guess what? We're worse. We're, We're so worse. much worse. Right, right. And it's not because Alfred Payton's gone. I'm not a lunatic. Right, <laughs> right. But, like, again, there's worse things in the world that maybe sometimes when Nick's Twitter is united on one topic – Maybe you're still wrong, even though you all think the same thing. Right, right. And in fact, maybe there's a self-perpetuation happening where you're all mm-hmm. signaling each other that you are the cool kids who think this cool thing. Uh, totally. Totally. <laughs> God. So, uh, you know who I want to blame is Worldwide West. Absolutely. And then this is where I am sick of the front office. Like, where is Leon Rose? What do you do? Yeah. You run this team or not? Why do I hear so much right. about World Wide West? Who the hell is he? I'm going to tell you who World Wide West is, in my opinion. You know, I should say, too, I have no sources or inside information. I'm on the radio, but I am just some guy. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't really. But, you know, I, I do work in the world of high school sports. And actually, my basketball coach and I were talking about how every team, especially every good team, has like a program weirdo where it's just like a guy who's around the program he is an assistant quote assistant coach with you know quotes around that um you know does he know anything about basketball not really (laughs) uh did he play basketball probably possibly not but he somehow has relationships 
with parents of middle school kids and he's involved in all these AAU things and he knows all the right people and he's got some influence and some juice and, you know, he has like a profile that people believe in. And so the head coach at the team that's good has to keep this guy around and happy and give him some status within the program because he needs him to get the players in. But that guy is also constantly frustrating because he needs to feel like a person of influence, but like usually doesn't know a whole lot that is useful for actual like gameplay. Right. And that's, I think World Wide West. Like I think World Wide West is, uh, you know, he's like an influencer in NBA circles and you know, and this is exactly the kind of time where a guy like World Wide West becomes dangerous because the team is not good. The players are not good. You know, somebody has to. And then now World Wide West is just full of opinions because everybody knows he's not responsible for why the basketball is bad. He doesn't you know, he doesn't coach. He doesn't actually know anything that's going to help make the basketball better. So it's not his fault. So he, so he, but then he has a ton of opinions on what should be better. And like, you need to kind of listen to and respect him because if you treat him poorly, then all the players find out about it and everyone's mad at you. And then no one wants to come play for you anymore. And that's when, you know, he's a total chaos agent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's just like disconcerting how much you're hearing about him and him talking to Dolan specifically. It's just like, oh, that's like the last name I want to hear right now, you know? And like, you know, him pitching some plan that he's going to, he knows how to get a star and he's going to get Donovan Mitchell. And it's like, what kind of fantasy is that? Like, of course we'd all love to get Donovan Mitchell. He he's under contract with another team for many years. <laughs> like right. getting him is going to be very difficult. Like that's not a plan, you know, like, and I, I want to hear Leon Rose being like, listen, like the Knicks should be preaching calm. Look, this is year two. We were ahead of schedule. Like, we've taken a step back, but, you know, we're staying patient. Like, we're, we're collecting assets and we're, you know, all that stuff. That's fine. That's all I want to hear. Like, that somebody's in charge. And instead, you're getting just like this, these rumors and you're hearing about Johnny Bryant and World Wide West. And it's just like, who's in charge here, you know? And then there's so many chefs in the kitchen. Like, it's just, what is going on? Right. Leon Rose needs to understand that, you know, last year when we're way more successful than anyone expected to be, then his absence was like mystique. Right, but right. Now that we suck, it's just like, come explain yourself, Leon. Right. Where's accountability? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? How do you feel about this season? Like, where is this right. guy? I don't, I don't know that any, like, executive of a major team who is as, you know unseen as he is he never speaks like even the Kemba Walker thing you know there was a statement from him there was no press conference where he discussed how it went or what went into this decision or how they're going forward with this it was like a a two-sentence press release it's insane that's true that's very true I god I can't believe you know we're talking earlier about being scared of preemptive nuclear war worldwide West going to talk to Jim Dolan was him shooting a nuclear weapon, whether he understood it or not. It's like, it's, it raises the stakes and escalates the situation. So out of proportion to what's happening. It's just like, Wes, what did, what are you thinking? 
Right. Worst person to go. To, I mean, like if you want to actually influence something, probably the the wisest course of action. But if you want to like wreck what's going on with the like, I'm not I, I was perfectly willing to let Leon Rose like go this whole year. I, I don't think he's done anything wrong. I really there's not a movies made that I think was like that I really disagreed with at the time or. And and anybody who really hates the Knicks right now should ask like what they should have done this offseason differently. Like I'd really love to hear it. Yeah. Um who else they should have signed and what the, what the moves should have been. Like the idea they should have somehow assumed they would have been bad and you know tanked this season off of last year, which is like ridiculous. Um right. <laughs> you know, oh we surprised four seed. Let, let, how do we follow that up? Let's tank. Okay, great. That's right. the essence of sports. <laughs> and that's that would have been really fun. Um like, but you know, we need to hear from this guy, and he's creating this vacuum that is being filled by seemingly his most um unorthodox lieutenant, and it's creating a very uncomfortable f- feeling around the franchise. Where yeah, it doesn't, I don't think it has sure. to be that bad. Right. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's so true. What reason would we like? Yeah. I loved it. You know, people will too. They'll give you fake, stupid trades. Like, we should have done this. We should have done this. We shouldn't have done this. Tell me what. Tell me and sh- give me evidence of something you said in August that you hated. Right. Everybody loved their off season. And when they got Kemba, yeah. it was like, you know, oh, fire up the emergency podcasts. Like, w- this is right. a home run. This was the perfect off season. Like, everybody loved it. So it's just ridiculous hindsight to now be like, oh, we all knew this was going to be a disaster. And like, you know, again, I still think there's a path where the Knicks leave this season and it's not 100% depressing. Like, RJ Barrett has taken a real leap forward. You know, he's drawing praise from LeBron. Jimmy Butler had really good things to say about him. Like, he's earning a lot of respect. You know, if he can finish this season averaging 20 points a game, this is a 21-year-old who plays defense. You know, is he like a franchise-altering star? Is he John Morant? No, but, like, that is what we need. You know, like, he can be what Julius has proven not to be. Right. Oh, I was actually starting to think that, We've gone quite in depth on this Knicks topic without me mentioning Julius Randle once, and I was very proud of that. <laughs> yeah, how is Julius I, doing? Is he still with us? Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I think you got to be fair to Julius Randle that, like, he's very unpleasant to watch, and and it's not totally his fault. But like, I think to be fair to him, man, he was really good for like two weeks, and we've been terrible. And like, I don't think it's fair now to say this whole season. And the disappointment of it is like his fault. Like I, I don't, I don't think it's as simple of if he played better, we'd be better. And this this disappointment is the simple one to one. He has disappointed, and like I, I don't think that's fair. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, he he went off for like seven eight games, and we lost almost all of them. Right, I, I guess. What I want, the way I want to push back is just to say that, you know, him going off for that stretch, like we were already in really bad shape. Yeah, but if we won five of those games, we'd be right in the thick of the the play in. Like, you know, they've been really bad. They were 22 and 21 at one point. 
I mean, I did hear, though, Fournier talk about, you know, and I think he's right. Like, they don't have any confidence right now. And they're, they might be close in the fourth quarter, and then another team starts to go on a run, and then collectively the feeling is like, oh, shit. And that, I, I do think ha- Randall has a lot to do with, because that's kind of when you need, like, late in the fourth quarter, the other team's making a run, you're coming down the floor, you got to have it. Like, that's the Randall spot. So it flows down from him. Like, right, I guess I, I'm willing to concede, like, it's not him exclusively, but I still think it's got to start with him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, like, there has to be a reevaluation of him and and his situation, like, for sure. You know, like, I think the idea that we're going to, like, ride with Julius, you know what I mean? Like, he's the first man out, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, um, but... I don't think it's as simple as like his disappointing play is the single biggest reason. Like a lot of things have not gone well this year and he's one of them for sure. But even as he's played better, things haven't really gotten better. And like Kemba's now been shut down for the season. Like that couldn't have gone worse. You know, I think there's a lot of things that have not gone well for the Knicks. Evan Fournier, a big one, big, big, another major one. And then the Derrick Rose injury has been a killer. Yeah, no, right. That's all fair. Right. But I don't let him off the hook at all, as my point. Yeah, I hear that, I guess. Yeah. I, I just think, like, again, he is another guy who, like, like, you don't. It's not fun to have him as your best player, but he is our best player. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's still the best player on the team. Yeah, but he, he as as far as best players goes, he stinks. Right, but it's not his fault that he's our best player. <laughs> no, it's not his fault that he's our best player. But you know, he's paid like our best player. You can't thumbs down us. And you, and I hate watching him. I hate no, it. I know, it's so I know. It's, there's gross. something just so unpleasant about his turnovers and his weaknesses are just, they're hard to watch. And like his and and fourth because, quarter offense is brutal. And it's because of all the things you just said that makes it so inexcusable that he like claps back at us. Like you're underperforming. You're brutal to watch, and you're mad at us. Like, <laughs> like go away. Like, yeah, yeah. I, but you know, I mean, he's feeling it. Like he's may well be feeling the exact same thing we're feeling, right? This season, he thought was going to be so. You know, he's going through the same emotional ride that that we're on, where it's hard to get out there and fight through this because, like, he thought. He thought we're going to be going to Miami and it's going to be a big game. And now we're going to lose that game. <laughs> and maybe right, but he's I mean, struggling we with it. We were there. We were ready for you. We were bing bonging. Yeah. We did our part. God, the stands are like, there were more Philly fans than uh, Nick fans. There is something about yeah. this season that has been more demoralizing than any. I Because like, the Knicks have been bad I forever. Agree. I've never felt. I've never seen that in the garden. Like me, you know? yeah, me either. Yeah. But I mean, I do feel I, I, I was, I, it's funny. I was thinking about that, the Brooklyn chance and then the Philly fans in there. Yeah. I was, I was thinking that this could be the tipping point where it is like, you know, for so long, it was like the Knicks were allowed to be bad because 
Knicks fans still packed the garden and made every game feel like a big game. And that's yeah. now this is the first time that's like not happening. And I think definitely a big part of it was just that like, it's been a long time since you came in feeling like you had legitimately high expectations for the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was good reason to have high expectations and you really thought they would meet them. It's been a long time since you've had that. And then for them, for it to go as badly as it's gone. Yeah. And to feel so betrayed. Like Randall gave us the thumbs down in like December. You know what I mean? We were bing bonging in October. And by December, our best player, $100 million extension, gave us a thumbs down in the yeah. garden. So, like, yeah, I feel like it turned. And Dolan needs to see, like, just go away. This yeah. isn't even worth it anymore. Like, you're the best team in forever. People forgot about you, and now we hate you again. We hate everybody. And your $100 million man is giving us the thumbs down. <laughs> Why? The thumbs down. I love how like much the thumbs down just is stuck in your craw. <laughs> I don't know. I guess like I want the one place I will ding Tibbs a little is like every night I turn on this Knicks team, like I just do feel like we have underperformed like i still think we should be better than we are even with everything like you know you look at a team like toronto you know like why are they better than we are like why is charlotte better than we are like you know like i look at the, every night that starting lineup comes out like i look at it and go man it's not a bad team you know like and then the bench like there's players on there like yeah. And the pieces don't seem to fit well and like um I get all the issues and everything but like it still feels like you know look and it went better than this for so long. I mean again we're 22 and 21. We've yeah. been 3 and 15 since. Like what really happened? What has happened here? <laughs> That's fair. That's and I fair. know the injury, you know, like RJ missed the time and, but you know, whatever. And Derek Rose has been, that has really cost us. Like there were like four yeah. of those losses that would have been wins with him, you know? Yeah, but still, sure. I still feel like this team should be, should be better. Yeah, they should be. It's hard to tell who. And unfortunately, like the, probably the way we're going to find out whose fault it really is, is they're going to fire Tibbs. They're going to, elevate johnny bryan and if the team's good it was tibbs's fault and if we sucked then it wasn't right that's probably how we're gonna really hope they don't fire tibbs i just the feeling of like oh god here we go again (laughs) yep right and you said it i think you said it last week but with tibbs we at least have an identity we fire tibbs right we have some credibility like yeah i don't know we're nowhere right yeah. Oh, that was uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uplifting, we we didn't have a GM at the NFL scouting combine that just found a way to alienate every single person he spoke to. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Right. Joe Shane. Shane, right? Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah. Brian Dable took the podium at what? What is it? The scouting combine? Is that where we're? Is that where we're headed to? Yeah. Or what? Yeah. They, I Brian mean, Dable it's just in, it's in, it's nice to have a GM that just doesn't sound audibly like a moron. 
Right. And maybe that's all, unfair to the good really... people of Massachusetts, but <laughs> you can't have a New York coach with a Boston accent. You just can't yeah. do that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's an error, first of all. <laughs> but... He just sounded like such an idiot. Dave Gettleman. And a dick. Right. And so arrogant and yet so stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's a great combo. People love that. <laughs> right. He must oh hate Joe God. Shane, right? Dave Gettleman? I mean, oh, talking yeah. about the guy hired to replace him. Like, have you ever seen the movie, uh, what is it called? The uh, The Cooler with Alec Baldwin and William H. Macy? No, but I would love to see that. I've heard oh, of it. Oh, it's a yeah. great movie. But really, what Alec Baldwin plays this like aging casino boss. And this guy, Ron Singleton, plays the like hot shot that's being brought in to like revitalize the casino. And like Alec Baldwin has been like the casino boss since like the mafia days. And he's like, he runs it old school, you know. And here comes this like hot shot punk who kind of looks like Joe Shane. And I've been thinking <laughs> about it a lot. <laughs> and there's some great scenes where Alec Baldwin, like, you know, is ruthlessly mean to this guy. Uh, but like, <laughs> I just, it's like picturing Joe Shane coming in and like watching Dave Gettleman clean out his office, you know, while he's like installing <laughs> the analytics machines and the computer, like, cause he was talking today all about this, like software they're installing that like tracks, you know, prospects and it has their film and their coaches tape and analytics all. And it's a one-stop shop, you know, and just like picturing Dave Gettleman with his index cards and his stacks of binders, whatever. <laughs> right, remember the binders of draft night? Yeah, yeah. So it's just definitely we a got new we got some new computer guys working on some stuff. <laughs> right. right. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Right. Right. You know, Brian Dable also a breath of fresh air, inviting the media to try out for offensive line. Right. I still don't trust Brian Dable. I don't know why. <laughs> that's interesting it's just i trust look. him it's just his look i think <laughs> he he looks, the truck the truck is just looks sloppy to me <laughs> well i mean but that's you know so is belichick right that's true that's true and look you know judge Shermer, those guys are pretty buttoned up mcadoo right. was a weirdo right but... mcadoo didn't know what he was trying to be <laughs> right <laughs> Right. Dave really doesn't care. You know, I'm okay with that. What do you think they're going to do? I'm all in on two offensive linemen in the first round. Oh my, I really, I agree with you. You were, you've been talking about that and I'm, I'm all the way there. I'm really hoping I'm not, you know, I, I guess I could eat these words, but I am a little nervous about Thibodeau. Yeah. You know, the other Tibbs. Um, and I really, right. I would just love a couple of safe offensive linemen. That's just that's just right what we need. Right. We got one left tackle. Like, let's get another one. Get the center. I love the idea of the center. Get the center. Get the center. Like, get a center who's going to be a Pro Bowl center for 10 years. Like, get that guy. Right. Love it. Don't think of it as like the number seven pick is high for a center. Think about we're getting a center worth the number seven pick. Right. Right. Like, I want a young offensive line that we can have for 10 years. Like just address that position, like build the team through the offense, like establish the offensive line. And I just, everything else is easier from there. Not only that, but like 
I, you know, look, I, I think we're probably a little further from it than people think, but we might be on the verge of the quarterback empowerment era. Not the whole player empowerment thing, but the quarterback empowerment era. You know what quarterbacks like? Good offensive lines. Right. Oh, yeah, you think these guys are going to start forcing the, like, the Kyler Murray forces way yeah out like aaron Rodgers, kyler murray like they've all they're all failing miserably they Russell are right Wilson. right it's true but i feel like if they take enough cracks at it, the pinata is going to explode right that's true they do have a lot of leverage the only problem is they're so valuable that they almost can't use the leverage because the teams just won't do it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> right but then i think that they'll you know at some point they might end up forcing a, a like a change into the collective bargaining agreement like qbs don't count against the cap or something right speaking of collective bargaining baseball canceled games today i was i was just about to say like it's it's fitting that we're leaving almost no time for baseball because <laughs> there will be no baseball there will be no baseball they canceled opening day already? Is that official? Yeah. This feels like the dumbest labor dispute in the history of labor disputes. Like there's like nothing to fight over. And this like is these a true are... mutual suicide mission. But the owners, like the players aren't even asking for like the moon and the stars. Like they really like the owners have like already won and they just want they're like trying to just rub their faces in the shit. Like there's nothing right. major at stake. Like no one's talking about a dramatic restructuring. Like everything's already in their favor. You've got like just make them a decent offer and get it over with. Like I I just don't understand it. Yeah. Well, it's always better to tank your entire business than to succeed <laughs> <laughs> <see> a little. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a billionaire. I'll never be a billionaire. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand owning like a baseball team and not wanting to like win and just, you know, like stripping it for pennies. Like, you're already you're a billionaire. I, like, what's the fun? Yeah, I mean, right. And but that's it. You don't. I don't think you have to be a billionaire to even understand. Like, you don't buy a professional baseball team. I mean, maybe you do it to turn a profit. I mean, I'm sure that's not a negative, but you're not that you're doing that to swing your balls around and like (laughs) sit in a box and, you know, win a World Series and get a ring that you could buy for yourself. But it's so much better when you own the team that wins it. Like, that's why none of these guys seem to get that. Like, what's the point of owning a sports team? You're not going to lose money on it. Right. Right. And if you don't want to pump in the resources to win, sell the team for the profit. Collect on your profit. Because right. I gotta tell you, Let somebody the else value do of it. your property might start to go down because no one's gonna care anymore. I know. Baseball is right, could turn into hockey here like so quickly if they're not careful. You know, like it's already becoming yeah. a hard sport to watch. Um you know, yeah, I don't know. We don't have enough time for this discussion, but like, and smarter people than me can probably refute it easily. But baseball is the one sport, man, that does feel like the analytics, like it kind of wrecked it. <laughs> like, yeah, it really no, did. Totally. 
like the shift and the relievers and teams like the Rays, ruthless efficiency of like, you know, churning out, not (laughs) just like getting rid of star players and no, no, like connection with, you know, not like fostering players and teams and like, it does just, it does feel like they ruined the sport. It's like just totally lost sight of what the point of it is. And like, I don't know. Like, I do just think this thing of like, oh, relievers. It's like, yes, I totally get logically why that makes sense. And it, But it's like, guys, starting pitching battles in postseason games yeah. are the essence of what's cool about your sport. Shuffling right. in relievers. <laughs> In high intensity playoff right. games, sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. so it true. just does. It's so lame. It's also <laughs> it's so easy to fix. Like having rules on substitutions and pitching changes would not be that out of line with like just right. mainstream professional sports. Right. You know, like that just feels like not a difficult place. Like you're not or I would say you're right in that what they've done using analytics has done more harm to the essence of baseball than a simple rule change to prevent something like that would. Right, right. Yeah, I mean to me too, like I I like I would get rid of the shift in a heartbeat and just never think about it again and nobody would ever miss it. And like I don't know that it's right. maybe that's like the scourge I think it is. But um but I just feel like, you know, some people compare it. It's like, you know, it's a strategy that's there to employ. Like, why not allow it? But, you know, like in football, they don't let you use every formation you possibly could. Right. right. There's lots of rules right. about how you can position players and how you can move them around. Absolutely. And they're there for a reason. So, like, you know, yeah. we're going to study where a guy hits it and then just put our guys there to make sure he can't get a hit. It's like it's sucks you know <laughs> like right right <laughs> although i get i guess the counter i would say and i totally agree with you football would have figured out a way within like two years to teach guys to hit it to where they're not right <laughs> why right. that's not happening more is also crazy to me yeah true but i don't know because hitting is so specific and it that's seems true. so difficult so already hard. like it's yeah, just guys can't do true. it so like if right. they can't do it then then help them out i don't they know can't do it yeah. No, I, I, agree I with sort you, of. That's a really I hate good point. Being, I hate being a band. That's a really I get rid of the shift guy, but I am. No, no, you, it's a. You, that's one of the better points I've heard. But like, you know, yeah, even football has rules about its formations. You can't just put anyone anyone anywhere you want. Right. You can't have them do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't right. know. Yeah. I don't know. All right, Brian. Another episode of After Dark in the books. Thank you for being up late, and thank our fans. Uh, let's go watch the state of the union (laughs) no thank you no yeah no i'm totally not gonna do that all right good night everybody (laughs) or good morning